Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is San Andreas, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Carla Gugino, Alexandra Daddario, and many other Australian actors, as it was filmed in Queensland. The director, Brad Payton, had worked on films such as Journey to the Mysterious Island with The Rock, and Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. (laughs) So he's got quite a pedigree, if you will. Uh, Just a heads up, we'll be speaking of San Andreas with spoilers in mind. We've seen the film, we're discussing the ending. If you don't want it to be spoiled, feel free to tune in after you've seen the film. Chief Gaines, you have over 600 documented rescues. That's pretty impressive. Harrison said you're taking off with Blake for a few days. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to drive her back up to school. I can't believe she's in college already. I know. Hey, honey. Hi, Dad. Hi. Everything okay? I wanted to tell you I was sorry for how I acted yesterday. No, Ray, really. No, Emma. Emma! Emma! Lloyd, do you like The Rock? I love The Rock. Uh, <laughs> What's not to like? He's car- you, you've been a fan of wrestling for a long time, so you, right. yeah, yeah. So you were really, um, you've seen his transition from wrestling into stardom. Now he's like helming all these major films. Like he's a uh, franchise Viagra, you know, <laughs> as they say. And I mean, The Rock's a nice guy. He's charismatic. He's got millions and millions of fans, as he says in wrestling and. And I'm one of them, and you're two of them. Yeah. Two of them. yeah, we're both fans of The Rock. So, San Andreas, this big blockbuster film that filmed on our shores here in Queensland, and as well as in San Francisco and several other, you know, pickup spots here and there. Um, you know, with lots of familiar talent. It's great to see a big blockbuster film made in Australia. Uh, why didn't we like it more? <laughs> the, the problem with San Andreas, there's too many set pieces. Like, it would have been better with four or five major action sequences, but because there's one after the other after the other, the car rolling down the hill, the, um, you know, then them rescuing the girl. Um, I understand that introduces the um, rescue team, which is really interesting. Then Paul Giamatti's character losing his best friend to that first initial earthquake. The Hoover Dam. The Hoover Dam sequence. Every special effect in this movie was sublime. I was blown away. Every set piece just got bigger and bigger. But there's just a point where it's too much and you just become mind numb to it like every action scene I'm just like it was just white noise after a while just do (laughs) that first girl um, they kept faking us out like she's gonna crash she's gonna crash because she kept checking her phone phone, veering over the road listening to Taylor Swift and like listening to Taylor Swift can kill you apparently (laughs) is the game here she is annoying (laughs) and when she gets hit by the rock slide or whatever it is she goes over the cliff i read that like they did practical effects they really did hang the car 20 50 feet off the ground the rock really does rappel down 
uh, you know, they, they did this, you know, so it should look like you know, a better kind of sequence, I suppose, which was frustrating. That didn't hook you? I thought that was a pretty good sequence. I love it how The Rock comes down himself and he just rips out the door. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> just goes, oh, why don't you just go down there initially? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just doing my job, you know. And the only reporter in the movie who I sort of picked as a love interest for Paul Giamatti, I was like, oh yeah, this is what's happening. Did you feel like she was the love interest for Paul Giamatti? I did. Yeah. Like she touched his leg at one point. I went, yep, knew it. <laughs> They hid under the same table, you know, he's protective of her. The Rock, in all the publicity for this, in all the talk, he kept saying they were going to redefine the genre of the disaster movie. So, for me, it's different in two ways. One is it's really about this family unit. It's really small scale. There's not tons and tons of action and, like, he's not saving the world or anything. They're not trying to get to, like, in 2012, these ships that are the final arc, you know, saving the world this is the groups that will survive or anything. And the second thing it did was it sort of legitimized the female characters. It made these really strong women and they got to do things and save the guys and have action scenes, even if they were also eye candy, you know? So otherwise I don't think it redefined the genre. They, the family they had depicted in this is the genetic lottery of all <laughs> families. The Rock, Carla Gugino, and of course that really stunning beautiful girl Alexandra uh, Daddario <laughs> yeah who people know from True Detective and have you know seen her naked in that here she's kind of trying to flex more acting chops I suppose but it is kind of like a horror film and that you just run and scream and water fills the room very Titanic style you know Mark Commode said at the heart of the story of um, San Andreas is about uh, the lead of the family, the male of the family, trying to establish his presence, ba- establish it back with that family, and that's true. At the end of it, it's all about him trying to get with his, get back um, to his daughter, and obviously, I guess their relationship with his wife is ba- rekindled. Maybe they're not going to get divorced, but yeah, it, it just wasn't strong enough to string you along. I think. With so many action set pieces over and over again, it really numbs you to the human element mm-hmm. of it. Oh, yeah. For me, one of the real problems of the film is that The Rock is basically a search and rescue type hero. And I know in the moment he wants to save his daughter, he wants to save his wife, his ex wife rather. I suppose ex wife, they're not technically divorced, it's kind of like a wife. Uh, he wants to save them first, and so he pretty much abandons going to get maintenance for the chopper in LA I think it was to go and save her and then they go together to save the daughter and for me it felt really negligent like he's abandoned his post and there's a bit of an uproar about how many crimes The Rock actually commits like he steals that van when the guy's looting he steals clothes from the store when they crash into it he basically steals and crashes the helicopter he steals the plane. There's just a series of like the rock does what the rock wants yeah. kind of situation. Uh, I felt a bit like when they're going, oh, he steals a boat as well. When they're going through on that like little dinghy boat, I thought uh, maybe they could have saved a few people on the way. I would have felt better if there were more scenes, perhaps like the stadium where he helps everyone get against the wall of the stadium and, you know, just find something sturdy and lean up against it or whatever. And, you know, protects a group of people that includes his ex-wife. That was the only team where other people... A time in the movie where other people in this world existed. Mm. Everyone else was just cannon fodder to die. And it's a very bloodthirsty movie. You see so many people die. There's su- su- such a brilliant tracking shot 
um, in the scene where she meets Kylie Minogue and they're having dinner and there's that whole tracking show which goes into that building and you're seeing people die left and right but everyone else just becomes cannon fodder to the um, to the earthquake you know just I don't know why Kylie Minogue is in this movie like she got very decent billing like top billing people were like oh cool Kylie Minogue and she has three lines maybe at the table yeah orders the food and you assume she dies and you've just assumed well she essentially just walks off the set you don't see her die it's very unsatisfying like they should have made her really bitchy and then die in the same way that her brother who's like mr fantastic you know daniel riddick or whatever uh he gets like a proper death you know send off with the shipping crates you know and because the movie's rated pg it's like you say there's lots of dead people but i think it's all in your imagination because when you watch it the only one you see bleed really is like there's that guy in the street with a head wound you see the other scientist on hoover dam with the um rod through his leg and then other than that there's like a bit of glass in the guy's leg the english guy and other than that that's about it like it's pg it's got kind of a mild violence to it which you know it's for kids really you know like um, the movie despite every all our criticisms the movie has done so incredibly well like it's made its money back like like i think four times its budget or something like that that's insane it's like half a billion dollars franchise viagra that's the rock (laughs) you know (laughs) he's not gonna attach himself to a film that's not gonna make money because that's his whole thing now I hated the English characters. Sure. The moment they popped in, they were so nice, they were so handsome, they were so sweet. They were like caricatures. <laughs> oh, would it be alright if I asked for your phone number? Because my brother can... <laughs> <laughs> it's alright to hate them. Um, oh my god. No, nothing gets the actors. I think they were fine. But the, the way they were written, the way they were directed was so... Like, there might as well have been 2D cutouts, like cardboard cutouts. Oh, by the way, they're the English guys. They're going to say some funny lines. They're going to be sweethearts. And, yeah. It's good that you thought he was English because he was Australian. Okay. He's, um... He's, well, he came across English. <laughs> yeah, well, that's worked. <laughs> he's from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, and my wife told me straight away when he came on the screen. <laughs> as well, when we're at the Hoover Dam, uh, in the foreground of the shot, as it moves towards Paul Giamatti, there's that mother with the daughter who uh, is the daughter that the um, other scientist throws to Paul Giamatti before he, you know, gets taken away with the dam. Yeah. The woman who's standing there, she's from Wonderland, which is a show on Channel 10 here in Australia. In that show, like, has a really bitchy character, so she's very memorable. And uh, she's as well, she's in, like, a Greek yogurt ad, where, you know, there's a little daughter and the old nonna and the mama, and they're all, like, uh, you know, building things in yogurt and uh, pretty much very memorable kind of like in an ad in a show and so as soon as I saw her I was like oh she's going to have a bit of a part in this and she didn't in this movie I, you're telling me this and I can't even remember her yeah she's, <laughs> she had no lines she stood there she stepped out of frame and then because she's the mother of this girl I don't know where she was when this girl was on her own she appears after the fact like after the other scientist has saved the girl and thrown her to Paul Giamatti she kind of comes past and she collects her daughter and walks out of frame again I was just like, where was she when the daughter was in she danger? She was searching in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, but it was insanity. Um, there's got to be some stuff going on just out of frame in in some of this stuff, which would have been kind of amazing to see. I, I liked how this movie kept introducing things and you went, oh yeah, that's going to be out to be destroyed. Check out this nice neighborhood and the, the rock's driving into. That's going to be destroyed. Hey, check it out, the Hoover Dam. Oh, look, San Francisco Bridge, a Golden Gate Bridge. That's going to be destroyed, but this will be destroyed. It's as you said, you introduce a bomb in a movie, it's got to explode. It's going to go <laughs> off, you know? 
I said in our Everest podcast that I liked the movie because it didn't do everything disaster movies do. It didn't have the cliches. And San Andreas had all the cliches in the end. Though this movie proves, like, all the cliches work because it did make half a billion dollars. <laughs> there was a curiosity to seeing it because people... Like, there's the 9-11 factor. People see any vision of a building falling down and smoke flooding the streets, they're going to think of 9-11. So people want to see this in the same way that the World Trade Center by, um, you know, Oliver Stone and and films like Disaster Movies, they now trigger something in people. And with, you know, ISIS and terrorism and stuff, this is something they'd rather see on the screen. Yeah, because um, those horrible events have been captured by digital video, amateur video... Um, it's really amplified the special effects genre, the way how cities are attacked now in the Avengers, or every single Marvel movie that's come out, and especially in disaster movies, you're seeing a lot of authenticity, and it reminds people, wow, that's exactly what it would look like, how a building falls down, because we've seen that in um, September 11th, in actuality. Mm. Um, I think this movie would have been much more enjoyable had we watched it at the at the movies in 3D with the sound effects because the special effects were absolutely sublime. I think I would have went, wow, that was... Because the, the money, the budget that they spent on this film is on screen. The cast is top of the line, absolutely beautiful. Um, and every single special effect, like they throw it, everything they have on screen. So I've got to um, give them credit for that. You know, you pay your 20 bucks, you're going to get a massive ride, you know. But there is a certain point where it just becomes mind-numbing for me, especially watching it at home. I was just like, oh my gosh, another another earthquake, you know, <laughs> another aftershock. Yes, there were a lot of aftershocks in this film. The thing is, like you say, um, it was cliched. I knew the British guy wasn't going to die. His brother wasn't going to die. And the family unit, who had already suffered one death, you know, pre-film of the sister dying, none of them were going to die. So the entire time I was thinking, all these people will be fine. There was zero suspense for me when he was giving her CPR, which apparently he was That had no effect. That should have been the greatest part of the film. It should have been like in Lost, when I can't remember who dies. You think that person's died and he's beating on the heart, and you're just like, oh, well, that guy characters. Then he comes back alive at the last minute. I think that's what they were going for. And I didn't feel that at all when um, that when the daughter was was dead and you know he, he he comes back again pushing really hard and then she comes back alive I was like oh we know it's gonna happen and on top of that at the very end of the movie they stick the American flag right in our face yeah, <laughs> just to remind you of what kind of movie we are it's interesting you mentioned Lost Carlton Cuse of Lost fame wrote this movie based on a story by two other people so they had someone there for the whole Lost thing when she was underwater against the glass uh, there's a part from Lost where Charlie writes on his hand not Penny's boat and they're against the glass you know and sort of like a goodbye to his character at the end of the third season and that sort of was there when they were talking to each other you know say goodbye blah 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 there was kind of an emotional thing there it reminds you of the Spock in Star Trek as well you know where they're against the glass and one is dying and we reviewed Into Darkness Star Trek Into Darkness where they've sort of role reversed what's going on there it should have been more emotional absolutely but the entire time I was thinking no one's going to die and so that first team who we meet with the couple of guys who are in the plane, one they look tiny compared to the rock when they're all walking together. Is and that stuff. Oh, the helicopter scene when they're yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. At the beginning, I thought we were going to have those guys in helping rescue. It would have been so cool. Had, well, yeah. They're the GI Joes who are expendable in this. They're the ones you can send in, and they get killed in a crazy way. And so you're like, whoa, people can die in this movie, you know? 
But the fact that we had the group who were all together by the end, uh, none of them were going to die. Slight minor injuries, fine. Uh, the limo driver getting crushed, fine. The, you're just waiting for uh, Iron Gruffold, whatever his name is, whoever plays Mr. Fantastic in Fantastic Four original movie. <laughs> You're just waiting for him to die. He was the social villain, and that's what um, Everest didn't do. It didn't have that social villain. Of course he was going to leave the girl behind, and I like it how vicious the film treats him. Like I thought they weren't going to go in that direction. He seemed like a really nice guy. And then you see the part where he pushes somebody out of the way for cover. <laughs> yeah. The film hated him so yeah. much and wanted to punish him in the yeah. worst kind of way. Yeah. I would have preferred him to scream at the end because he seemed like he accepted death. The shipping crate is about to land on him. I would have preferred to have him go, ah, you know, <laughs> like it's about to hit him because then that would have been a real, he's fearing for his life. Whereas he was like, oh man, shucks. The heaps of people defend this movie saying San Andreas was really fun. You know, it's, it, it's everything what it advertises. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. Yet the same critics absolutely hate Twister. And I love Twister, the movie where they came out. It had a great, it built up to a climactic thing. And it had that... You know, the girl is going to face this fear that she's had. All that. It had a, a few layers to the cheesiness, but it was so enjoyable. This just has no depth, you know? It's just like, oh, man, chewing really bad bubble gum that runs out of taste really quickly. <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> Twist is due for a remake as well. Oh, I okay. I reckon. Like, it hasn't happened, but I think... It's an easy one to do. I think they, they tried to do a found footage film of, of a tornado attacking oh. um, a high school. I saw trailers of it, but it didn't do too well. So, I don't know. Maybe tornadoes just aren't in. But from the looks of San Andreas, I'd say... And we've also had Everest. Everest, by the way, did very well. Um, I'm happy to say in box office and everything like that. It looks like we're going to get a run of disaster movies um, again. We've had a bit of that in the 90s with um, Dante's Peak twister and then we had the two comet movies which was deep impact and then armageddon and now it looks like there's going to be a resurgence of that thanks to san andreas and um uh, everest this year so um it's going to be interesting yeah a lot of um stuff in this movie reminded me of the day after tomorrow 2012 and as well independence day uh i was thinking paul giamatti really takes on a kind of jeff goldblum role in this film and of course we're getting independence day 2 uh, which Liam Hemsworth is in, and you know we're waiting to see some vision of, I suppose. And disaster movies are fine. Um, I just think they need to either embrace like a worldwide threat. I suppose this this was like, hey, there's an earthquake going on just in this one place, and I suppose by cracking the ground apart, you know, across the San Andreas Fault, was that like you can't get any help? Is, is that the idea? Like, I think so. You can't sort of get more emergency people. Because when 9-11 happened, firefighters came from all over to help. And then the building you know? crushed on, on top of them. I, I mean, yeah. in the aftermath. Oh, aftermath, you know, yeah. Uh, they came to help, you know, uh, deployments of firefighters and other emergency people came from nearby cities, you know, just to help because this big disaster had happened. I suppose they were sort of pitching that, like, because the, there were massive gaps and you can't kind of drive across that they were really on their own, I suppose. For at least the first 48 hours, maybe, yeah. But it was funny how at the end, The Rock's like, we rebuild, you know, because so many of his lines felt like it was like call and response, that you knew what was going to happen, what was going to be said. Yeah, so his whole rebuild American flag thing was really cheesy. Uh, One of my favourite disaster movies, other than Twister, um, is The Poseidon Adventure, and that's just a very... 
you know, small movie where a ship is turned upside down and these people are just trying to get their way to the top. And there's a real human aspect to it. Like, yes, it, it's just really environmental, um, the the disaster component of the movie, but it's really about Gene Hackman find, refinding his faith and everything like that. Um, and it's, you really root for everyone. You're hoping that they'd make it at the end. I wasn't rooting for anyone in this movie. Um, like, I like The Rock. I like the cast and everything like that. But they just didn't um, give... I get Maybe the situations just weren't uh, choreographed well enough for, the, for, for you to be rooting for them to make it. Uh, when I think of, like, nature-inspired disaster movies, I can't help but think of uh, the M. Night Shyamalan one, The Happening... Which is one of the worst movies, yeah, regards to me. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I suppose, trees are trying to kill you sort of thing, but they're sort of static. Um, they're just kind of releasing in a pollen or whatever into your mind that's making you think you should kill yourself. And um, creating a weird effect of the happening where all these people are killing themselves and stuff. But it was weird because it's like, that's a really minor kind of like low level indie film almost um way of being against nature you know plants sort of just releasing this idea and this one like it should be this big blockbuster amazing earthquake you know effects filled thing and i kept seeing so much green screen i kept seeing like the the worst green screen was this photograph uh, where the rock holds up and looks at a photo of his family. I think he finds it in her memory box in her room when he's looking for a bike. <laughs> it's really photoshopped. You know, and it's, it's like the heads have been pasted on and they don't quite fit. And, like, check it out if you've got the film. Uh, they don't sort of have necks and they've just kind of pasted in a Carla Gugino and a rock picture and these two kids. And I was just like, oh, Jesus. For a $100 million picture, there's no excuse for that. I mean, couldn't you have just had a picture of the rock with a baby? in his arm because he's got a daughter like just use his real life daughter like use a real picture of him with a baby and then just put that in the trivia that was a picture of the rock's real life daughter you don't need to see the four of them on this family holiday you can just mention the family holiday you can just show a postcard from san francisco when they went on this family holiday we see the daughter uh on the kayak before she drowns you know we hear the fact that the daughter's wearing both necklaces because her sister drowned we get it we're not dumb audiences who need to see that they're a family. We know she's trying to divorce him. She called him on the phone and said, Hey, Dad, we get it. That's his daughter. And, like, throughout the film, they explain the other daughter's dead. You know, I feel like some stuff in this was hitting us over the head. <laughs> For a genre-redefining film, this has 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not exactly fresh and genre-redefying as The Rock would like it to be. I'm happy for it to be a financial success. I like seeing The Rock in more movies. And, like, you know, he's basically got a ticket for life in, uh, what do you call it, The Furious. Uh, the, they're actually first. my favourite uh, The Rock movies, Fast mm. and Furious 5 and 6, I think. He's in 7. I, I can't remember when he comes on, but yeah. Mm. I think he's the villain in Fast 5. Yeah. And then he becomes friends with them in the end of Fast 5. Yeah, that, that's a Rio one. Yeah, that's my favourite of them. We have covered some Fast and the Furiouses on this podcast. You know, we've been going since 2011, so... Anything before 2011, you know, we, we might have talked about, but it wasn't necessarily on here. Did you um, sit through the whole film in one sitting, or did you have to stop it a few times? I had times? to stop it. Yeah, same. I had it, to stop it. It was actually several times. Several <laughs> times to sit through it, yeah. Took me- <laughs> Partly mine is because I have kids, and uh, though this felt PG and whatever, 
it's tricky to kind of sit for man, this was like a two hour runtime. Uh sit yeah, for it was two a long hours, one. Yeah, yeah, sit for two hours at a time without someone waking up, needing water, needing to go to the bathroom. Just kids, you know, man. I've got two two kids under four, so uh, you know, just finding the time to watch a movie like this. I know you guys all really appreciate us doing the podcast, so it's all good. <laughs> I thought a lot of this was trailer fodder. Some of the shots in this film, like the Hollywood sign going down, or the whole Carla Gugino rescue on the roof, it's insane to go to the roof, like, I'm going to be there soon, see you, go to the roof, you know. Uh, I'd be like, uh, you know, how far away are you? <laughs> I can picture the technical advisor going, oh, we actually wouldn't do that, shut up. You shut up. I would never tell someone <laughs> to go to the roof. That's the opposite of what you should be. And she casually goes through several floors on a concrete bed. And uh, she just has kind of a ringing in her ears. She's totally fine, you know, because it's PG. But that whole rescue is in the trailer. Like, she jumps onto the thing and um, the helicopter just moves out of the way as the building's falling. It's in the trailer. There were so many shots from the trailer where I was like, I'm not at all feeling this I mean I mentioned you know the family unit was safe the whole time they're safe you know I never thought that Carl Gugino was going to die I never thought that he was going to sign those divorce papers like it was cliched Do it wasn't it weird how the English guys would just happen to still be in the building while everyone's evacuating and they heard you know the, well, his possible future boss going there's a girl trapped under the car park needs something oh that must be you know the girl I just met that was that that was such an unbelievable coincidence. <laughs> I, it, it definitely was. <laughs> I did think it would have been better if he'd somehow told that guy to, you know, get stuffed. Uh, for him to kind of not want the job because he can see that guy's a jerk. You know, the, the comeuppance that he gets of being crushed by a shipping crate is fine. Do you reckon he ever got the message that Khalid Gugino no, left him? No, because he didn't have any cell service. He had no phone reception. And she'd gone off him anyway because he left the daughter, proving he wasn't a good provider or father or anything. It was funny that he said, I don't want to replace your dad and I don't want to, you know, stop you spending time with him. But he was literally doing that by taking her with him by plane instead of letting her go with The Rock, (laughs) you know, with uh, his Ray Gaines is his character's name, instead of letting them travel up together because he had to work. Uh, he literally took the place. Like, pissed all over. <laughs> and marked his territory kind of thing. I thought <laughs> I thought The Rock did well to kind of, you know, step back, I suppose, and um, not hit him a couple of times. Because that's what the audience wanted, you know. What was your favourite Rock moment in this whole movie? The, the bit where they jump out, parachute, <laughs> and he says, uh, it's been a while since I took you to second base. That's it. <laughs> Every critic usually um, quotes that scene and uh, as um, an example of how cheesy yep. this film is. <laughs> that was the bit, though. I like it when the I guy's chuckled. pointing the gun at, at him and he just looks so small to this monster and he just punt knocks him out. <laughs> mm, that was good, too. Yeah. Um, but I didn't expect them to make that cheesy joke at that moment. And I thought, oh, well, that's probably the funniest line in the film. It's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> like, that felt like the peak. <laughs> And yet, I mean, that was probably punched up in some quick rewrite, you know, by some comedian who didn't get any credit, you know. And they probably went, that's pretty cheesy, but it'll work. And it did work. And I think it worked because at that time I was like, oh, you know, they're they're rekindling, you know. Mm. 
it only takes people being in like near death situations in this film to like get together. It was interesting. Like it made me think of, um, uh, I think it was like Hot Shots or like, you know, one of those kind of, um, Charlie Sheen movies. And I don't, I don't remember what it is. Feel free to hit us up on Facebook. If you remember, there's a scene where like, uh, somebody gets hurt and the girl rips the bottom of her shirt to reveal her midriff and like bandages them up. And someone else goes, Oh, I'm hurt too. She rips even more of her (laughs) shirt and they're trying to get, you know, to see her cleavage kind of thing. And, uh, there were scenes where Alexandra Daddario, the daughter in this, I felt like she was like, Oh, I've got to take off my top to like bandage you up. And like you know, keep the pressure off your wound, and then and the clothes were getting tighter and tighter <laughs> because they had to throw her in water and everything yeah. like that. Oh, what if, what if uh, for this shot you were doubled over and the camera was right there in your cleavage? I, like- I can't blame him. If you got beautiful actresses like that, you have to show them off. Like that example you give time and time again of Ocean's Eleven, how um, what's his name was covering his face and like, no, don't cover your face. You know? Yeah, the story is Matt Damon was. Uh, they say it on the um, audio commentary for Ocean's Eleven. Matt Damon in the scene where Don Cheadle comes out of the sewer, he stinks, and Matt Damon covers his face because he's, you know, reacting to how much he smells and he's standing far back. Basically, the producers said to him, or the director, somebody said to him, uh, what are you doing covering your face? And he was like, oh, you know, because Don Cheadle's character, Basher, he smells, you know, and no one else in the scene is doing it, just him, so he looks funny, like, at the back, kind of covering his face. And they say, no, 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 we've, we've paid to see your face, don't cover it, like, don't do that, you know, and then... That's the money on the screen. You know? Yeah, and not not to put the actresses down who stars in this Carla Gugino and that really beautiful girl from True Detective, um, but if you paid a lot of money for them to be in your film, and they're both very beautiful uh, ladies, you might as well show them off. What's that Ewan McGregor movie that we reviewed um, where they get the tsunami hits um, with Naomi Watts and they're separated? The Impossible. The Impossible. Um, that's another great, great disaster mo- uh, movie that we reviewed. Um, you had that great moment where he's he he calls up and it made me cry and he's uh, um he, that's the first time he hears his family no no he's leaving a message to his family I don't know where the kids are or anything like that mm. and it's a whole battle to get to the kids when they finally rekindle it's such a you know it's like you've been holding your breath the entire time mm. it um, San Andreas what had that structure where you're holding your breath hoping that. Um, Dwayne Johnson will eventually meet up with his daughter but it fails on all levels because they don't build it up to that point you've got a great moment and a great writing device where that water where they're in the water and the glass is dividing them and he's in all his might and power he cannot save his daughter that's what the scene was aiming for just like as you said uh, William Shatner and uh, Leonard Nimoy there's that great dramatic moment um that's been derived obviously here and they fail on all aspects to generate that kind of emotion it's really um poor um craftsmanship by the filmmakers it almost but it never would happen it almost would have been better if she drowned because it was like as strong as the rock is he still couldn't stop it and as she said for the first daughter if you couldn't save them they couldn't be saved nobody could have you know and like in this situation it's almost like he almost shouldn't have been able to save her. But then he's lost one daughter. He finds the strength. He goes down and does the exact thing he should have done two minutes before when she wasn't, you know, uh, bobbing in the water and losing consciousness and whatever. It was frustrating because you were like, well, he's going to save her. I thought he was actually going to punch the sure. glass and just it start to crack and then just keep punching it because that would have made the rock look tough and he would have got to save her rather than 
realized he could go down and like I don't know knock the door or like whatever loose that he did this is a perfect film made by those guys in suits the money men with a checklist yep they got this they got that they got this you know and they're ticking all the boxes mm. and to be fair um, it is a business they've invested a hundred plus million dollars into the movie and they want their money back you know so you know it's this um, assembly line sort of type film where everything's put in its place and you got this machine that comes out it's soulless lifeless not engaging but <laughs> does its job I didn't quite buy The Rock's acting when he was um, in the plane before he took off he was talking with his wife about his daughter's death and I I couldn't I couldn't attach myself emotionally to that scene I had trouble I was like his acting wasn't quite there for that and she wasn't really having to do anything she didn't have to say anything in between it was just a monologue from The Rock so it was like you know something that probably could have played a bit better maybe if he'd actually cried there would have been a sensitive side to The Rock there but I mean this movie teaches you that if you can only rescue one person in an entire city you should make it your (laughs) ex-wife and if you can rescue two then your daughter will do as the other one and that you know when you're flying in a helicopter you can't pick up anyone along the way you're at capacity you've got just yourself in there when you're The Rock you're a big guy you do not want to risk picking up any other survivors and when you're in that little dinghy same thing there weren't bodies floating around in the water as they probably should have been because like hundreds of thousands of people were dead or in danger for this whole movie I I mean a 9.5 earthquake sounds insane there's a lot of stuff online about how the tsunami wouldn't have headed towards them at San Francisco apparently would have headed away from them just the way that it works you know people weren't happy about that but you know for a popcorn action movie it's redefining the the, the genre? disaster genre oh it redefines what tsunamis are capable of <laughs> uh, redefines what Caltech people are capable of you know they're going to hack into a TV station and resend the signal just reroute the encryption codes <laughs> well they're in San Francisco the ha- home of Silicon Valley I guess so. I guess I suppose it was good to see some comeuppance in the film it's good to see the Daniel Riddick character crushed. His building gets destroyed. It's weird that it's the place they decide to hide. In all the buildings in the city, you know, they can't get to higher ground. It's it's very convenient that they go past in the dinghy. It's even more convenient that they have the green light to get their attention. There's a lot of convenient stuff in this film. I noticed when they crashed the helicopter into the clothing store, it was a raise outdoors. Which I don't know if it's just an Australian brand store but he's also ray i didn't notice that his character is ray right apparently there was also a channel 7 logo on uh, some of the news footage that they were using so it's sort of like a lot of kind of australian stuff is sort of seeping in here and there san andreas for what it is if you check your brain at the door is it not just a popcorn movie i mean for the ages Uh, i would i want to say people should demand more uh, definitely the disaster movies could be made a lot better than this so I have to say I'm very disappointed this movie was so successful but again I cannot deny on a po- if I can say a positive thing about this movie the filmmakers threw everything they had on screen so you, you are kind of getting your money's worth in a sense like it's a hundred million dollar picture and it looks like a hundred million dollar picture um, because you got movies like that awful um, Jack and Jill by 
uh, Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler, which was made for $70, $80 million, and that does not look like a $70, $80 million movie. But I really did not like San Andreas. As I said, it took several viewings to watch it. Like, I, it, I checking my brain at the door and being a zombie <laughs> watching this was just really painful. Like, it really was painful for me to watch this movie. <laughs> and it's a bit painful when you watch the CPR scene uh, where The Rock saves his daughter... Because he refuses to let her die. And so just through sheer will and hitting her harder and harder, like, you can, yeah, save her it life. It reminded me so much of that scene in Lost. You know, when Charlie... I think it was Charlie... Spits up. Yeah, yeah. And he's, <clears throat> yeah, he's constantly... Yeah. Well, The Rock's not done with water movies. He's got Baywatch on the horizon. Of course, Baywatch is a big franchise and uh, Alexandra Daddario will be in it as well. His daughter from San Andreas, as well as Zac Efron. Everyone who looks good, topless, shirtless, you know, anyone who look good, showering, near a beach, is going to be in this movie. 100 bucks says uh, Pamela Anderson does a cameo. Whether or not she's someone who gets uh, saved or someone whose last day it is at the beginning or whatever, uh, she'll run on a beach at some point. Do you reckon Baywatch will be a good film? I I watched the series when I when I was young. It was like the biggest thing in the world. You know, everyone knew about Baywatch and Cal. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason why California got as popular as it is because people go there. Wow, there must be very beautiful people live there. And there are very beautiful people live in California. Absolutely. Um, so I can't see Baywatch not being a hit. I think it's absolutely going to be a hit. You pack it with absolutely beautiful people. Feels um, like they could keep the budget down, yeah. first of all, because besides rescue vehicles running on a beach and uh, swimming, there's not a lot more you need. Well, big major set pieces, maybe like a disaster or something like that. I mean, maybe. I feel like they keep the costs down, they get these beautiful people in, Baywatch will make a ton of money. In the same way San Andreas is ticking all those checkboxes, like you mentioned, this is going to be exactly the same. Baywatch will be made to profit. That's all. End of story. Yeah. Beautiful people. Absolutely beautiful people doing really dumb action sequences, I guess. Uh, the Rock reportedly said, The story centers on a by-the-book and very serious lifeguard, Johnson, who is forced to team up with a young, rule-flouting hothead, Zac Efron, in order to save their beach from an environmental destruction at the hands of an oil tycoon. Oh. So there you go. A more environmental destruction... With the Rock, and it's going to have goons. It's going to have fist fights. I feel a bit like the Rock will team up with anybody for a laugh as well. Uh, they've teamed him up with Kevin Hart in uh, their latest Central Intelligence. I think it is. He's teamed up with, I suppose, in the other guys. He was in the other guys, wasn't he? With uh, he was with Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> um, he was in Get Smart, you know, as like the better version of Steve Carell's character. Uh, I think he's got really good comedic chops. So, as long as he isn't sort of very serious lifeguard, as he's listed here, I think he needs to have some comedic relevance. Yeah, and if they, make the, if they push the comedy element of it, it could be a really cool, fun action movie that you go see, have a laugh, and see really cool action set pieces. I suppose he's playing the straight guy to Zac Efron's comedian here, so maybe he'll loosen up. And I just don't want another San Andreas. Yeah, a disaster of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because this movie wasn't funny as well. No. Like, yeah. I mean, I might like the second base joke, but, I mean, I also like Armageddon, and that's cheesy as hell. Yeah. Like, it's it's among those guilty pleasure movies that you sort of put on 
and mock while you watch. Look, uh, maybe you thought differently of San Andreas and you were among the 50% on Rotten Tomatoes who thought it was very fresh. Uh, let us know on Facebook. You can search for facebook.com slash podme if you can. Or you can find all of our links to old episodes. Everything, every way to contact us is all at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews. <laughs>